because of foreign wars we wage has more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn new wet. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and wherever you may be and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and glad to have you along for the ride. Now, of course, I want to give a special shout-out to all the folks that are listening uh, on all the many various platforms where maybe you're listening to the podcast version. Uh, definitely want to thank the folks listening over at the last frequency. And as it turns out, I had actually not been informed of this, but WCET is back up on the air. And uh, basically everything that is going out on the last frequency is going out over there. So... Guess what? I'm not podcast only at this point, uh, podcast in digital platform only. Uh, I do still have one terrestrial radio station as part of the family, so yay! Uh, I can keep the title radio talk show host. Uh, <laughs> it seems a silly thing, I know, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of cool. All right, got lots of things going on, and of course, first and foremost, had the Sunday afternoon conversation with Mr. Ron Edwards earlier today. Uh, going to break that conversation up into two parts. Going to play the first part here in the first hour, and then save the second part for the second hour. And due to the length of the conversation, I'm going to put those in the first segments in both cases so that I can manipulate around the topics that I wish to discuss outside 
of the conversation points that I had with Ron. So you guys sit back, relax, and listen in as part one of today's Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards begins right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with me once again is the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook and the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, a patriot and a general all-around great guy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, uh, as always, thank you so very much for joining me today, and uh, how are you? Doing really great. Uh, thanks for for asking me to uh, participate you know, every week you uh, ask me to, to uh, join you, I'm, I'm kind of surprised and like, whoa, you want me on this show? But, you know, it's an honor and I am uh, just love doing it. And thanks again. All right. Well, uh, obviously, lots of things going on around the world and uh, uh, lots of coverage being given to certain stories. So some of it I don't think we need to delve into too much. So I kind of wanted to to focus on a few stories that have really kind of stuck in my crawl, if you will. And I had a feeling you'd have some uh, colorful and insightful things to say on these particular topics. So let's start with something that kind of broke this past Friday, and that's the fine folks over at PayPal. Now, we already knew that the PayPal folks are lefties, and they have deplatformed folks. They've refused to do financial transactions for anybody that was promoting conservative ideas and ideologies uh, if you had a large enough platform. And uh, they had released this new policy that basically said that they could fine users for the terrible, terrible crime of promoting disinformation, which you and I both know, Ron, is code for anything we don't like as leftists. Uh, so uh, we would all be in a lot of trouble when it comes to that. Uh, but since then, as of Saturday, they've already backtracked. They have said that it was a mistake that wasn't supposed to be released. Now, they didn't say they weren't considering it. They didn't say they weren't planning on moving forward with it at some point. Uh, this apology, uh, which wasn't even that really, was just an acknowledgement that they didn't want to make that public, at least not yet. So when it comes right down to it, I don't think that PayPal's decision to reverse course, if you will, is a permanent one unless people kind of make them pay through the free market. Uh, anyway, if you've got a pal who's going to pay, make the PayPal pay, I, I guess. A terrible play on words, but I couldn't think of anything else more clever. Ron, what's your thought on this? Well, your play works for me, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, my 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 concern about this is um, our lack of of the ability to simply get our own stuff. I think the only reason why they did this partial back off is because a lot of people were you're just jumping off. There's a couple of other outfits that you can check into and utilize. We use one of the other ones. I can't, for, for the life of me, think of the name of it because my wife uses it most of the time. I never used PayPal. But yeah, that's the best way to do it. <clears throat> it's just like on Facebook. Every week, everyone is fussing about jail, this, that, and the other. So some of us have been getting on Rumble and Truth Social and, and other outfits. And then I say, well, why don't you thousands of people follow me on Rumble? Well, so far, only 19 of them followed me. And many of them have been complaining. I'm like, well, why are you so hard-headed, such hard-headed knuckleheads that you won't even follow me to rumble? 
So a lot of times we we set ourselves up for this kind of stuff because we don't want to follow this person. We don't want to do this or that and the other. Now I'm, I'm sure if I were Dan Bongino or someone on that level, I'm sure they would all follow me like uh, moths after a light bulb. You know, we have to get get rid of that kind of stupidity amongst our ranks. The left, they 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 work together. They they push together. We on our side, we we have like a silent class system. And if you're Trump, if you're one of the weak, big white uh, conservative uh, leaders or whatever, uh, the famous people in their eyes, yeah, they'll follow you to hell. But someone else that's up and coming like myself, who is growing, the show is actually growing in numbers and this, that, and the other. Eh, it's like come see, come saw. Okay. Eh. Well, you know, I, I do think it has a lot to do with convenience and how comfortable you are. Oh, we've already got the YouTube app uh, on the phone. Uh, I just I don't have much room to add another app, and I don't want to give up what I'm familiar with. And and we even see that with some of the uh, larger platforms, uh, folks like over at the Blaze. Uh, they haven't moved any of their stuff off of YouTube yet. Uh, I still technically have an account there, but I haven't posted anything there in forever. All my more recent uh, video level material has went to Rumble. Uh, I, I have been on BitChute as well, but I, I do like Rumble better. I have to say I enjoy being part of that rather exclusive club so far. It's one of the folks that have followed you over to Rumble. <laughs> so, uh, Very exclusive. It, it, it is uh, one of those things. I was like, I had started a... Uh, a community over at Locals, and I did this. It's been a couple of months now, and Ron, you know how many folks who've actually signed up to be part of the Rumble, uh, not Rumble, I'm sorry, signed up to be part of the Locals community for Tapping to the Truth? Well, I I don't, I, I, I'm not familiar with it or whatever. That's my excuse, but uh, well, I'll, I'll, get, I'll guess. Five? Oh, I, I wish it were that many at this point, <laughs> although my target was a lot more. Uh, I've got one person other than myself. One person. This well, is after months of promoting it on uh, the show. And again, the show's numbers are going up, and I'm getting plenty of uh, traction with the uh, the links to some of the affiliate uh, and sponsors that are part of the uh, show. Uh, but there's just not this effort to go to these unfamiliar places. In fact, uh, there's still a lot of folks that, for whatever reason, they're not even taking the time to find out what these other platforms are. They may hear it in passing and think, well, that's it. Whereas they hear somebody like you mentioned, Dan Bongino, who happens to be a, a stakeholder in the company over there. He's one of these folks that legit would be silenced pretty early by the mainstream. So he's done this. I don't know how much of it. I don't think it's a reflection on us, Ron, as much as it is a reflection on the average listener and how much effort they're willing to invest because they've got so many other things going on. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't had, know. I, I think it's a combination because I, I stand by what I said, but I also agree with what you said. I think it's a combination because I had uh, on YouTube um, about 4,000 just to round it off. Yeah. followers that's not large but you know it was it's still four thousand and when i said look they're screwing with me over there at, at youtube i mean they they is it, it was you would have thought i had a, a million or something by the way they kept harassing me uh with the things i was saying on there i never told a lie i'll put it to you that way 
Right. And, and and it just got to the point, and they did it to me on Twitter as well, that I could still go to Twitter, but then when I go to go on my site on Twitter, for example, it says the password already taken. So that's how that's another that's a creative way of stopping someone, because even though I wasn't big on Twitter, it was just a few thousand. I would sometimes, I guess, attract the attention of some larger, well, more well-known individuals who were maybe have heard the show or something like that or heard me on Captain's show overnights because he's he's got about two million listeners. And so I guess they say, well, we better stop this this little train before it connects and, and gets bigger. And I think that's part of what happened on YouTube. Only 4,000 people. I mean, that's that's nothing yet. And I just said, screw it. And I asked them, I said, well, look, <clears throat> they're taking me out. They may just kill it off or make it impossible for me to utilize it, which they did. Follow me over to Rumble or to Truth Social. Do you think they did that? No. Yeah, they were they were positive every week when I would put a post on YouTube. All just about ninety percent of the comments were positive, and I had a few, you know, and just enough negative uh, comments to make it interesting because you want you want a little controversy. Right, and, so. and to, to be honest, Ron, I'm shocked that. Uh that they didn't really come after you harder at YouTube because I'm pretty sure I told you about one incident, but every strike I've gotten over there for disinformation or violating community standards, uh, three of the, the two shows that they gave me strikes on over the years were shows that you were the primary guest and we were just having a reasonable conversation where we weren't even making firm uh, assertions about what their issue was, uh, which means it was one of our tamer conversations. <laughs> but it, it, it's hilarious when you look at how inconsistent they are at enforcing it. Uh, but one thing is clear. They want to control the flow of information. They're willing to do it any way they can. And they certainly don't want anybody like yourself or me to be able to not only reach the individuals who want to hear our content, but they certainly don't want us to be able to uh, financially uh, gain from it either. And I, I personally, every penny I've made from uh, the shows and from ad revenue and, and anything that's went that has literally went back into trying to maintain the show and keeping equipment updated and, uh, you know, things of that nature. It's never been, profitable uh, but a lot of people don't realize how expensive it can be if you're trying to yeah. operate a uh, an actual quality program correct absolutely but i i think you know i agree with everything you said that's true but i still and the reason why i threw in the white comment mm -hmm. not from the context that it's usually used when someone says that my 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 reason for saying it is because the last thing that these people want is another black conservative to to make waves in this country. I mean, they are having they are probably some of them are probably committing suicide, whether you like Kanye West or not. I don't know if you checked out his interview with Tucker Carlson recently. It was phenomenal. The man is a genius. I always thought he was a genius, despite all the crazy things he has said. And done like with uh, what's what's that uh, singer when he ran on stage and acts crazy like that. Well, he was at that time. He pointed out that he was under a lot of duress and there were things that were being done to him via Mrs. Clinton and Kim Kardashian's close relationship from drugging 
and all kinds of things. I mean, this, but the last, and, and, and she was very upset over his close relationship with Donald Trump. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to back. I'm not going to uh, be shy about it anymore. Donald Trump and I are friends. And even though they threatened my life and Kim Kardashian and they had, they were even plotting to do to him what was done to Britney Spears. He just happened to be a man. And then he says he has to act like a fool, uh, uh, act like a crazy man just to have any say so with what with his children. Because they, she wants them in, you know, totally liberal, and he's trying to, at least give them some, you know, another viewpoint, which she's been blocking, and it's just driving him crazy. So, sometimes we look at situations, and yet one time I was pretty harsh in my judgment against Kanye. Kanye must, I'll be honest with you, but that taught me another lesson, which I've had to learn over and over again in my life. Sometimes you look at a situation, bam, well. And the person looks one way, but then there's a whole nother bookload of details as to why that person is. Because I always felt that even though I thought he was crazy, I said, but for some reason, he's got a good heart, despite what I see and what I don't like, which was a lot. But then it, but then that little nugget of the, the good that I saw turns out to be much greater than what I um, had even thought, even though I thought there was a nugget of good in the guy. And I, because I said, well, Donald Trump isn't totally crazy. He, you know, wouldn't call him his friend if if there wasn't a, a lot of good about the guy, because they've been around each other a lot over the years. And right. same thing with with Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker used to watch Donald Trump's children. That's how close they were, yeah. or are, or are. So you know, when I see these bad stories come out on these people, I'm like, wait a minute. Sometimes. <laughs> You have to take things with a grain of, I mean, a huge pound of salt. Right. And, and I do want to circle back later in our conversation, and you'll forgive me for sounding like Jen Psaki in, in my uh, point. I do want to talk a little more about Herschel Walker a little later in our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it is astounding, and it's not that uncommon for actual genius to be underappreciated or not appreciated at all within their time. So at this point, I, I take everything with a grain of salt because, I, unfortunately, uh, like yourself, I become intimately familiar with those who think they are the gatekeepers of information <laughs> and how unwilling they are to paint an accurate picture, especially if it even brings into question the chosen story that they wish to push forward. Their narrative must be the narrative. And uh, yeah, and obviously, too, uh, the Democrats are hemorrhaging support from black communities. They're hemorrhaging support from Hispanic communities, and uh, it, rightfully so. Some of these folks are finally realizing what it looks like when uh, you're promised a thing, and it's made to sound like a good thing, and then you actually see it happen for real, and you come to realize that, hey, you know what, defunding the police, well, while I didn't like that one officer that was a real pain in the backside and always giving me a hard time when I walked down a certain uh, street, uh, turns out not having that cop there leaves somebody way worse on that corner, somebody that's destructive to the community, somebody who's causing real harm. Again, it doesn't outdo any of the, the negative things of actual honest-to-goodness racists who have carried a badge before. I would love to be able to say that's a myth. Uh, unfortunately, it, it's not. But it is uh, almost 
mythical the extent to which folks on the left have tried to make it seem like this is the common thing. The police officers are going out to hunt black people every day. Pretty sure that's not happening or there would be a whole lot higher <laughs> counts of uh, violence happening. But it doesn't change the mindset. The folks are seeing this. So clearly, it's harder to argue with you, sir, about conservative values in the black community than it would be to argue with me because as just some white guy from Tennessee, what the hell do I know about it? That's that's their viewpoint. And it's hard to bust past that with somebody who doesn't want to hear me comment about it anyway. Whereas, well, you see, but you know what, Tim? When they To me, that's disrespectful because anyone can know as much about anything as anyone else through study, through reading, and checking things out. You don't you don't always have to walk a mile in another man's shoes to understand what he's going through or what's happening. I've never walked in the mile of a police officer's shoes, but I know the hell of, of which they go through. Yes, I did spend an overnight one time on patrol with a police officer, but that's just one night of the of observance. But you can still have empathy and you know what's going on. And when I hear like the comment, like you just said, well, what's a white guy from Tennessee? You know what? You know, you know the truth. You read, you study, you look into stuff. And just like you mentioned how um, support is draining from the Democrat Party out of the black community. There's a little caveat to that. The majority of that support that is leaving the, Demo the uh, Democrats in the black community are men. Because uh, in many cases, at least 70 percent of uh, black females are in support of the Democrat Party, which are in line together to destroy the black man. And that that's and I know that's not one of our subjects, but that's a, that's an hour we could talk about uh, one day. Yeah, I, I think it's probably way more than an hour. In fact, Ron, if you ever decide to uh, take the time to sit down and do it might not be a bad topic for your uh, for a book I, I think that you would have a very unique voice to bring that one to market too so if you don't have an agent already pushing you with ideas let me throw that one out there for your consideration uh, I'll take it all right well uh, with all that being said I, I think we are pretty much in agreement uh, don't trust PayPal <laughs> that's all they're Absolutely. not our friend they're Absolutely. not our friend. walk away I walk away if you can walk away because there are other sites and uh, that's what we need to do. I mean, that there's no greater way of freeing yourself in this society, at least today, than walking away, not participating. Yeah. And we have to, and, and, and it's got to be done in large numbers. We have to let people know, even if we have a temporary setback or a little bit of suffering, we have to be willing to say, you know what, we're done. We're done, done, done. And so they'll really know that we're telling the truth when we say we're done, done, done. We clap our hands and, and walk away. And we have to do it because the longer we wait to do it, the technology continues to improve. The more they make it more difficult for our side to develop their own technologies. So, you know, it, it, the time is now to walk away and give them the, the, the middle finger as we walk out the door. And so... Um, you know, because they're giving us the shaft as long as we let them. Do you have uh, any recommendations in particular that you know? Because the only folks that I know of uh, that are in this area that are actually conservative friendly are the folks over at ParallelEconomy.com. 
because uh, you know you look at Venmo, well, PayPal owns them, so the policies are identical. You got Stripe, which isn't, well, has not been quite as bad as PayPal, but a bunch of lefties run that over there. In fact, when you look at big tech altogether, if you're not going to a place like a Rumble, uh, then you are on the outs. And I wonder too, do you think that now that it looks like Elon Musk is finally taking possession of Twitter, if that now is a salvageable, salvageable platform, or do we just need to stay over at True Social, Clout Hub, uh, MeWe, those platforms? I, th- I think that even if um, he cleans house because most of his employees are as left as Biden and many of them are already having conniption fits at the possibility of him taking over because they're concerned that he may change the policy to allow freedom of speech over there. And those leftist pig uh, employees don't like that. And so uh, he may have an undercurrent of hate and disruptions the same way that Trump did when he was in office. A lot of people around him were undermining him and he may, and uh, you know, he, he may have, he may have to clean house because the underling (laughs) underlings are, are, are want to go on the war path because they don't believe in freedom of speech. And if you bring up speech, freedom of speech to leftist pigs, you know what they're going to do. They're going to, they call you a bigot, a racist, depending on, you know, your color. Me, they call a bigot. Uncle Tom, you, they call a racist, racist, um, white supremacist. You know, they, they have names for all of us. Right. But, yeah, uh, yeah walk away. I, 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 you know, as, as we can walk away, man, because if, if you're not going to be able to speak and, 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 be, and hold your, your, your um, beliefs, I mean, and they're going to be stopped anyway, you might as well walk away because we were alive and communicating well long before there was Twitter, there was any of these things. You know, when you talk about bringing uh, truth <clears throat> and freedom of speech to these leftists, I, I have this image of it being a good thing it's October in the time of horror movies because it's a lot like the early Dracula movies when daylight hits them. It's like, oh no, <laughs> little puff of smoke when you look back because that's all that's left. Uh, speaking of when the truth uh, hits leftists, uh, another topic I wanted to talk about today that I think is definitely being downplayed by the mainstream legacy media and probably not quite getting enough attention uh, from the uh, more conservative media outlets out there uh, I think we should have a whole lot more of it, primarily because, uh, as you know, sir, uh, if you're doing conservative talk, a lot of us keep covering the same stories because we're all desperate to try and break through the wall of silence that the legacy media has in place. We're all Mm -hmm. hoping to get this little bit of information through, which leads to a lot of us talking about the same topics, uh, which is part of why I like to try and hit side topics. But this one, I think, is important enough that it should be getting more attention, and that's the Delaware Supreme Court and how they have blocked the Delaware state laws when it comes to mail-in voting and uh, their uh, their efforts for some of this same-day voter registration stuff, things that they had put in place for the previous election cycle that now they've uh, stood up and said, uh, no, this is a violation of our state constitution, and we're not going to let you do it. 
Uh, your thoughts on that? I think it's not only very good, of course, but I think it's very significant that it's it happens right there in 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 Biden's home state. Well, unless he's saying that he's from Scranton. Um, I think it's wonderful that they said no, you know, they blocked the no excuse mail in voting and same day registration. Thank God. Hopefully this will spread uh, throughout the country. We need this to spread in more significant states population wise, whether it's Ohio, Tennessee or whatever. But it's a good first step. It's a good precedent that has been, you know, they put their uh, stamp on this. Of course, they probably will appeal and will have to go further. But that's a good high court. I mean, it is a state Supreme Court, and that is very significant. Uh, but we, but it, it's a good, you know, it's a good thing to stand up and cheer for, but I think it's a good first step. Right. Is there a realistic chance that this gets overturned at a federal court level? Because I understand some of the lower courts that are still run by leftists in robes would very much like to do so. But they know ultimately this is the kind of thing that will make itself to the Supreme Court. And right now, you have actual people that give a uh, legitimate consideration to the Constitution of the United States. Therefore, it will not stand at the U.S. Supreme Court if they try to overturn this. That usually tends to push some of these folks to avoid the embarrassment. Is this something that actually gets taken up at the federal level? Or or is this something that they just get told no you're done. Take it back to the state. Oh, wait, the, the state Supreme Court said not a, I guess you're done now. I think there's a, a distinct possibility that it may go through these machinations that you just described, and it could wiggle its way up to the United States Supreme Court. However, because it is a state Supreme Court, I believe it, that is a wonderful precedent. Mm-hmm. And, this, and the, uh, the federal Supreme Court will pay attention to this and will rule. And I think uh, if memory serves me correct, I believe five of them actually believe in the rule of law. And I think this is very important because you know how voting, it is very, very important. I mean, it's one of the foundational activities of our country. or and it, it's, it's, it's of such magnitude, in my opinion, as, as far as importance. If it gets that far, I think the Supreme Court, in its present makeup, will take it up and make the right decision. Yeah, and, and it is important distinction here. When we talk about mail-in voting, we are talking about the no-excuse mail-in voting, as you rightly pointed out, and I think I was leaving off in the descriptor. They're not doing away with mail-in votings altogether. They're just saying that you have to have a legitimate reason that has already been affirmed and allowed within the state. Uh, some medical thing, if you are out of state, uh, serving in the military, of course, anything of that nature, and you still have things you have to do, which, of course, uh, the left would say that that is voter suppression. It's like, no, there are certain jumps, uh, certain hoops you have to jump through in order to become a legally registered voter and to participate in the elections. These are set forth in each state. Uh, mm-hmm. The rules are slightly different. They have the legal authority to do so. And rather than consider that voter suppression, what it is is just the tiniest, most minuscule amount of effort you're expected to put in to prove that you care enough about that election to want to participate in it. Uh, that's why I think uh, same-day registration is such a, a ridiculous 
uh, adage because not only uh, is it just rife with the possibility of fraud because you have zero time to to determine the uh, actual honesty of all these uh, same-day registrations and verify addresses and all this other wonderful stuff that should be done, but it also puts you in a position where uh, somebody just walked up to you and said, hey, if I give you a uh, double steak uh, burrito from Taco Bell, will you register today and then go vote for uh, Big Mama Abrams, as you like to call it? Something ridiculous like that. I, I, I agree. Absolutely. These things, once upon a time, Ron, they were considered common sense. Yeah, and we also have to remember history. Uh, I'm old enough to remember, I guess I always refer to the Reagan years because that was my first uh, voting. When I first started voting, you could f- find out who won the same night. Right. And you, had the, the, and, and you did not have all this massive uh, computers on it, on everything. But yet they found a way to vote and get it get her done the same night. You knew before you went to bed who won. The only t- exception to that rule, I think, was when Dewey, uh, not Dewey, was it um, the guy they said that they, the big headlines were out, Big Truman or whatever. Turned out in the next morning, Truman won. And now I've done some research into that, and they think that that was even a cheating thing. But um, for the most part, it was still done, even in that cheating case, if it was, it was still done during that same time period. You didn't have to wait weeks days and weeks and all of that stuff the way they do now and with the computers and everything they used to say well this will make things faster it has not what it has done is stretched it out for cheating because with computers you have glitches you have all kinds of problems and if you can maneuver the computers from off-site which dominion is allegedly did all kinds of things can happen because the left cannot win an honest election on ideas alone. They can't. It's impossible, even in today's immoral society. So they have to cheat. They have to, uh, like, for instance, in the state that I'm existing in, and, and that's what it is, existing in Mich- Michigan, they, they we have uh, up for the vote to make um, open voting, no registration, anyone can vote, no ID, up to the last minute, whatever, Make it constitutional. And the same thing with abortion, making const, uh, making abortion constitutional. And 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 so and once it's in, 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 ensconced into the Constitution, which overrules a law in Michigan, which outlaws abortion, the, the, you know, it's on the books. It's an old law from the 1800s. No abortion flat out. But yet it's been, you know, obfuscated and, and, and done around and everything like that. But the law is on the books. This may win. This may be the deciding factor on the gubernatorial race because everyone, well, 80 percent of Michiganians, including Republicans, are willing to give up every right, every possibility of prosperity for the right to kill babies. And the majority of people killing babies are who? Black people. And this is what's being pushed by black females and their zaddy, zaddy, their white daddy, uh, leftist white daddy, that is. And they're pushing this together. They've got a commercial, white man and the black female, saying, without this, we have no rights. That's actually in a commercial for the abortion. I'm I'm not surprised by that, but uh, my reaction to that after my stomach stops turning is just, wow. 
the fact that people buy into that, that, that they believe that. And sadly, we know there are some that do. It's just, it's flat out tragic. You know, I was going to try to slide into our uh, our break here with a joke, but now I don't even feel like uh, telling the joke. Oh, <laughs> man, we need, we need it. Well, all right, well, let me do it anyway then. So basically what you're saying is that the actions of the Delaware Supreme Court is a lot like what they say about a million lawyers at the bottom of the ocean. It's a good start. Right, <laughs> right where you are. Uh, we'll be back after this brief break. this. The president has been very clear, you know, as you know, the president has been very clear, very clear, very, very clear. Uh, uh, uh. The president is doing what the president is your, the president is, these are items that the president has been very clear on. We're in the quote. Repeat the line. Uh, uh, uh. And so the president has been very clear. The president has been very clear. I was going to put him, uh, put me. The president's been very clear. Why? But the president has been very clear. But is he going to specify exactly? No, but he has. The best way to get something done that uh, uh, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Uh, uh, Once upon a time, city prosecutors were a thug's worst nightmare. But who would have ever imagined that prosecutors would now help use law to unfairly treat victims? Hmm. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Just recently, in beautiful Des Moines, Iowa, Piper Lewis, who was kidnapped from an apartment hallway, held against her will, and repeatedly raped for many months by different men, including 37-year-old Zachary Brooks. Ms. Lewis was finally able to make her escape after stabbing Zachary Brooks. However, Piper Lewis, now 17 years old, was recently sentenced to five years of closely supervised probation and ordered to pay $150,000 in restitution to the family of her abusing multiple rapist Zachary Brooks. Ms. Lewis was forced to plead guilty to involuntary manslaughter and willful injury after being initially charged with first-degree murder. My fellow Americans, you must understand that increasingly the government is becoming as corrupt as the thugs they're supposed to protect us from. Thus, govern yourselves accordingly, for it is still better to need the services of 12 jurors than six pallbearers. May America once again be that nation under God before becoming one nation gone under. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Here's the thing. People think that the President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. But the, the difference between the President do, President can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. 
Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Sometimes little things make a big difference. Take the modern cooler, for example. Obviously, a cooler is supposed to keep your stuff cold. But it's the little things, the obsessive quest for perfection that sets blue coolers apart. Little things, like realizing that girth matters. So they put 40% more insulation in the sidewalls. It can keep ice cold for up to 10 days at a fraction of the cost of the overpriced brands. Little things, like adding a pressure release valve to the cooler. See, a slight change in air pressure can seal your cooler tighter than a camel's butt in a sandstorm. With Blue Cooler's pressure release valve, a gentle push of a button regulates the pressure, so you can open it with your finger. Little things, like re-engineering a locking mechanism that is so easy to open and close, even a child can do it. (laughs) That's not apple juice! The rest of the industry still uses a thick piece of tire rubber to lock their coolers, requiring the strength of an Olympic athlete to open it. Even the accessories have little things that make a big difference. It's the little things. The little things like the upgraded LED light kit. It illuminates the cooler when you open the lid so you don't accidentally grab an apple juice when what you really wanted was something stronger. Mommy, I'm hungry. Go to bed. It's mommy time. Little things like putting the drain plug on the same side as the wheels so you can easily drain it without looking like a moron. Genius. Little things, like having a built-in bottle opener instead of a trashy-looking accessory strapped to the handle that dings up your cooler. It's the little things. Little things, like putting wheels on the biggest coolers. You're welcome, soccer mom. All those little things on blue coolers certainly feel like big things to me. So don't wait till you're a thousand miles away from civilization before you realize how important the little things really are. Grab yourself a blue cooler and experience the big difference today. Listen, if you get your self-esteem from overpaying for brand name stuff just to impress people, don't buy a blue cooler. But if you appreciate the little things that make a big difference, grab yourself a blue cooler and experience premium performance at a fraction of the price of that poser brand. Click the link to get yours today. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. In order to form a more perfect union, to ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for staying with me through that very brief break. And as I mentioned before, I'll be splitting up today's Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards uh, into two segments, uh, first of which 
uh, here in hour number one. The second part, I'm going to go ahead and save until hour number two. I want to give you a quick heads up. If you were listening to that ad for Blue Coolers, let me remind you that Blue Coolers is the absolute best value in roto-molded coolers. That makes them super coolers. It means you get 10-day ice at a fraction of the price of the closest competitor at the same quality. Now, uh, you did hear mention of a link. There will be a link in today's show description if you are on one of the formats that uh, is hosting the podcast. Uh, places like Stitcher.com, for example, who has far and away over the course of the last three weeks become the number one listener destination. So glad you guys are really suddenly, I don't know where digging it because we've been on Stitcher for a long time. You've consistently been in the top 10, but have stayed lower top 10. And then here recently, just bam. So glad to have you guys on board. Thank you so much for listening. A little more, um, what's a good word here? Uh, a little more doggedly. Uh, that I think that works. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. And, of course, that doesn't mean I appreciate any less any of you listening anywhere else, including over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com, which is also where you should go if you're listening at WCET or at the last frequency. Because if you're listening to either one of those locations, then come visit me over at the website, and then you will see banners for blue coolers just click on any one of those and that should do just the same thing of letting them know that i'm the one that sent you all right we got a few minutes left so i want to sneak this particular story in here at this hour uh definitely definitely happy to be having the conversation with ron and the topics that we covered but uh there's just not enough time to adequately cover everything that needs to be done, including this story about California Governor Gavin Newsom. You see, this past Friday, he called for a new special session of the state legislature in order to try to impose yet another tax on oil and gas companies. Uh, (laughs) Of course, it's on Twitter. Uh, In a tweet this past Friday afternoon, Newsom announced that he would call for a special session of the California legislature to pass legislation enacting a windfall tax on oil and gas companies. The tax proposal would come even though California already has the highest gas tax in the nation, as well as the highest gas prices. It also comes as the state has moved to ban the sale of new gas cars. Obviously, they're trying to make it impossible for you to operate a gas power motor vehicle. I guess he thinks he's a hero of the planet. Uh, Quoting here from Newsom's tweet, New, I'm calling for a special session to address the greed of oil companies. Gas prices are too high. Time to enact a windfall profits tax directly on oil companies that are ripping you off at the pump. Except that's not what's actually happening here, uh, Gavin. In fact, if you really want to go after the guy who's most responsible for these higher gas tax, uh, gas prices, then you should be uh, targeting your new tax at Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., 
you know, that guy currently residing at the world's most expensive nursing home uh, located at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, I, I'm talking about the guy who currently claims to be the president of the United States, except, of course, when he says that he's running for the Senate. Uh, yeah, that guy has a lot more to do with windfall profits uh, than any business has actually seen. Uh, of course, that's the whole point. There are no windfall profits. Number one, he is, through his policies, through the executive orders that he signed, the number one reason why we're no longer energy independent. We've already had a refinery, a refining capability issue even before he took office, one that we really need to work on alleviating, but government regulation has made that next to impossible as well. But Biden said no to the Keystone XL pipeline immediately to shut it down, even though I'd still challenge his constitutional authority to do so. He also has released our strategic reserve to a point that it's literally at the lowest point it has been in decades. And he went hat in hand, uh, lips puckered to kiss the backsides of the Saudi royal family in an effort to try and keep the OPEC plus crowd producing at a higher rate. And you know what they said? They said, well, there, Joe, thank you so much for calling us miscreants. Thank you so much for calling us pariahs. Thank you so much for acting as if you want to be buddy-buddy with Iran more than with the Saudi uh, family. Uh, you know, all these things add up to the Saudis, along with the rest of OPEC Plus, saying not only are we not going to continue to operate at the level we were previously, not only are we not going to further increase the amount of oil that we can put into the markets, we're going to decrease it not by the 1 million barrels a day that we were initially talking about. We're going to go ahead and pump that up to 2 million barrels a day because, you know, you made us mad. The failing of the foreign policy of this administration, this regime, is directly responsible. And if you can find me an oil company that is suddenly getting more and more profit through the increase in gas prices, then congratulations, you have done something that most have not done. You have found a unicorn, my friend, because, again, most of these businesses, while they're increasing what they're charging, they're simply doing the same thing that happens every time a commodity goes up or every time a new tax is added. They're passing it along to the consumer because that's how businesses stay in business. And whenever you see the type of inflation we currently have ongoing, what you see then quite frequently is a large number of businesses that aren't raising those prices as quickly as they should because they're hoping there'll be some new stability. They're hoping that they can eat those tiny bit of gaps in the profit margin uh, long enough to get back to some type of market stability without having to raise their prices to the point that they push themselves out of the viable market. This is what's going to eventually lead to a lack of jobs. Now, I do not know, nor do I understand, 
how Gavin Newsom or any Democrat who has the least bit of understanding of how the economy works can with a straight face lie to you about this topic. And yet here they go. And they still seem to have a large number of people that are buying into this little uh, this little prevalence of bovine excrement. And I had to take a breath and reword it because I was about to espound some naughty words. It's some world-class bovine excrement is what that is. But hey, the guy thinks he's going to be president. So he's got to become a hero to the left, right? Part of the conversation we were having with Ron earlier is about how the left keeps winning the day with the culture, primarily because we don't message well and we don't follow through with messaging as conservatives. I can sit here and I can invite you, please come follow me, uh, come join the Tap Into the Truth community over at Locals. You just go to Locals.com. Search for Tap Into the Truth, or you can follow the link that I often put in show descriptions or on my social media posts. All you have to do is come find me in any of the myriad of places that I'm still at and still posting, although some of them I definitely need to just go ahead and get off of. Places like Facebook and Twitter. Probably need to just completely slide on over to Locals. Completely slide over to Truth Social and MeWe and CloudHub, and I do like Getter. The interaction over there is really good. Uh, Gab.com, Spreely.com. They get really unruly over at Spreely sometimes. Uh, So if you're uh, all about free speech, these are some great places to be. Now, I, like a lot of you, am hoping that Elon Musk will finally take full possession of Twitter and fix things there. But until he does, you really have to wonder if it's even worth uh, holding our breath for. At any rate, yeah, I did get really worked up myself about this PayPal story, which, of course, you heard earlier me discussing with Ron. And when it comes right down to it, PayPal is overstepping their bounds, but they've been doing it for a while. They're a private company, Tim. They can do what they want. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. But if your private company is a company that's supposed to be providing financial transactions, making it easier for people to to operate financial transactions between one another, especially if you're somebody working a side hustle, if you're somebody who's looking for a way to just send money between friends, uh, if you're trying to launch a new business, then if you're going to offer financial services to these folks, you need to offer financial services equally across the board. Politics should not be a factor. Then again, neither should be the things that make up ESG scoring. Thankfully, there's been a lot of pushback on that from some states. We need more states to join into that pushback. Uh, Unfortunately, there are certain CEOs around the country and major corporations that have stated point blank, well, the pushback against ESG scoring is uh, unfounded and unrealistic, and we very unapologetically are going to continue moving forward with trying to save the planet 
uh, even for those who are so short-sighted as to not understand what we're really trying to do. PayPal says in what was a mistake, what wasn't supposed to be released, a new policy that we're going to just magically take money out of your uh, accounts with us if you promote misinformation. Yeah, the very next day they were already coming back and saying, oh, we're sorry, that's not what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. You don't get to that point if you weren't planning on doing it. And it wouldn't surprise me to see this come down the pike anyway. Is the federal government going to intercede or stop this? No, and they shouldn't. This should be a free market solution. They want to do it. We take our business elsewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not already moving towards a parallel economy and you are a conservative, then you are already behind the curve. You've got to pick it up and move forward. I'm still going to utilize these other uh, businesses for as long as I can, uh, whether it's PayPal or Stripe. But believe you me, I'm moving forward with ParallelEconomy.com, and I recommend you all do it as well. Now, I do go ahead and reset the hour, but I don't have to say goodbye. Because WCET plays the show just exactly like the last frequency does. So you get the two-hour block every time. I don't have a one-hour block containment. So instead of a message to Joe Biden or a sign-off at the hour, I'm just going to say, stay where you're at. I'll be starting fresh at hour number two right after this brief break. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that unions saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. Learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west they homeschooled on their farm Making so much more from so much less
They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why. They're different in your eyes. Let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this. But every lesson in history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is a specter our well-meaning Christian liberal friends, our, our priests, bishops and pastors refuse to face. That their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives us no choice between peace and war, only between fight and surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we will have to face the final demand, the final ultimatum. And what then? When Satan has told the people of this world, he knows what our answer is going to be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of his Cold War. And someday when the time is right to deliver his final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary. Because you see, by then, we will have been so weakened from within, spiritually, morally, economically. He believes this because from our side, he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price. Or better read than dead. Or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war. Because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know it and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Ridge have refused to fire the shot heard around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools and our beloved dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis did not die in vain. Where then lies the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all that you and I have the courage to tell our enemies there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond wow. which evil must yeah. not advance. In the words of Jim. Reagan, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better, make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to hour number two of today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Glad to have you along for the ride, whether you're listening over at the last frequency, if you're listening to WCET Radio in Columbia, South Carolina, or if you're listening on one of the many fabulous, fantastic platforms that rebroadcast this show as a podcast. Uh, thank you so much. If you're listening over at Spotify, if you're listening at iHeartRadio, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Bullhorn or especially the folks over at Stitcher.com because uh, you guys have been really burning it up lately, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, thank you so much for doing so. I greatly appreciate it. I want to take a moment to remind you to please visit TapIntoTheTruth.com. That's T-A-P-P into the truth, all one word, dot com, uh, to see what all's going on uh, with the show and all that wonderful stuff, plus uh, opportunities to listen to previous broadcasts and archives, which you also can do wherever you're listening to podcasts. 
Uh, you also can hit banners, go into any of the companies that uh, I have affiliations with, and it'll help you to find some great products here and there, as well as let them know that I'm the one who sent you, so it helps to support the show. Uh, one of the biggest things that I can ask, too, is if you're just listening to the podcast, uh, make sure that you are listening to one of the monetized versions and, uh, you know, play the ads. That that helps as well. Uh, it's They're short ads, and most of them aren't that bad. All right, let's uh, get back to it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, time for me to bring you the second part of my Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards. And then after that, uh, one more topic for the day. So you guys... Be sure to continue listening in, and uh, here's Ron Edwards. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so much for staying with me through that very brief break. On the line with me, of course, is the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. He is a good friend, and I am so very proud to be able to say that and mean it. Uh, he's not just a guy who occasionally shows up. He's not a guy who's afraid to tell you the truth, which is part of why I like him. And even if we get to a point that we disagree, we remember that, guess what? That's okay as long as we stay respectful to one another. So, America, take notes and pay attention. <laughs> this is how we do it. Ron, before we jump back into anything, uh, first of all, again, thank you for joining me today. As always, I appreciate it. And secondly, please let everybody know where they can find your work. And you're you welcome. And uh, folks, all you have to do is tune in 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Pacific, every single day, Monday through Friday. And to find out where, simply go to theronedwards.com. Theronedwards.com. And the name of the show again is The Ron Edwards American Experience. And thanks so much, Tim. All right. Uh, let's get into some more general conversations. I, I mentioned before in the last segment that uh, uh, we spend some time as conservative talk show hosts uh, talking about a lot of the same topics. And we're doing that to try and break through the wall that is the legacy media. And this is one of those situations where the gatekeepers of uh, misinformation, uh, which is what they accuse us of, and which they clearly are, uh, they... They don't want us telling the truth, Ron. They, they hate that. Uh, the truth hurts them like sunlight to a vampire, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, it, it's just sad. But one of the funniest and most obvious examples of this has been the response to Hurricane Ian and mm -hmm. how good of a job that Governor DeSantis has done. Again, not perfect. You don't expect something like this to be perfect. It can't be perfect by the very uh, fact that Mother Nature is still uh, turning the storm left when you thought it was going to go right kind of thing. Uh, but clearly, the one narrative they latched onto, even before it got started, was the choices of where they place mandatory evacuations, which, you know, Ron, I honestly don't know why they even call it that, because they still don't go through and make people leave. They're, they call it a mandatory evacuation. It just means that if something bad happens to you, we're not going to be able to show up to come help you, at least not until the storm's over. So please leave. And, and that's really how it should be done here in America. But uh, some people are always too stubborn. They hang out. But this narrative that mistakes were made, clearly... This has been a phenomenal job. They've literally found nothing else that they could do. Even Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. had to give some level of props. And you know it probably hurt his soul, assuming there's any left, <laughs> to say it out loud. 
But uh, what has been your response to the media's narrative here? And uh, what do you think about how it's actually uh, happened? Because I think it's been phenomenal, not just the response, but also how he's responded to the media. Well, first of all, the media, this is a real quick answer to them. The media, well, <clears throat> the the legacy media, the leftist legacy media, they're a bunch, a bunch of jackasses who have been just, you know, spewing forth a bunch of bull capitalists where they hit lies. And so, you know, you just take that for what it is. Now, the reality is, and I know people on the ground there who live there, whether it's in Miami, whether it's in St. Pete, whether it's in Jupiter, whether it's in Tampa, uh, a few other places. And uh, they are all, despite the different conditions, depending on where they are located, are giving big kudos and thumbs up to the effort of one Ron DeSantis. And because uh, from the outset, his ability to organize and to get things done and not waiting around like so many American do they just wait around and drag recovery on? And he's 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 more like the Koreans or the Japanese. They just 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 let's just get it done. It's there before us. And considering the fact, here's some truth uh, stuff about the um, the actual hurricane. Um, take this with a grain of salt. And the reason why I say this is because you can do some research and you'll find out that what I'm going to tell you is the truth. This was not totally a natural phenomenon. This thing was um, seeded with crystals and it was uh, caused to slow down. And the and, and sometimes the winds were much higher than was officially reported. In some cases, it was over 200 miles per hour. That's why there's such a massive destruction. And uh, it, it, it just wallowed over, just hung out for a long time. And it was the theory was spit out, was, was, was said that um, they were talking about the fact, well, you know, that uh, Florida is red, hot red politically. And uh, if the people don't have a place to vote. They won't have the opportunity to uh, contribute to the midterm elections. And that helps the, uh, the Democrats, the Democrats. And uh, that's uh, one theory that I heard from a, a truth teller that, that, we, that, that I know about. But talking to the people on the ground that live there and also a certain uh, overnight uh, Salem talk show host that's, that's based there that I'm affiliated with. Same thing from day one. Nothing but accolades from the effort that, um, you know, Ron DeSantis has been doing and. Um, it's a phenomenal job. And I and I predict that within two or three years, unless people decide to say screw it and leave, those that remain will witness a rebuilding of uh, Florida that will be very quickly done because <clears throat> everything is in place economically. They don't have the constraints, the regulations, the, 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 the regulatory uh, barriers to prevent quick and fast recovery. They're always increasing the standards for new structures. Uh, once a, a structure is uh, destroyed, if it's going to be replaced, it has to be able to withstand the forces of the last hurricane. And so if, um, the, if it's true that the winds blew over 200 miles an hour, despite the fact that they were only reported at around 150, Ron DeSantis knows the truth. And watch the requirement for new buildings 
And so uh, it, it's it's uh, that's where I'm encouraged when when I see leadership like this and you see these lies. I mean, these people, I mean, <clears throat> I almost puked uh, for about 30 seconds. I, it's all I can take. I watch. I say, I'm going to go and see what MSNBC is saying about this. <laughs> CNN. That's couldn't always a recipe for disaster, Ron. Yeah, I couldn't take <laughs> it. I couldn't take it. I just said I had to go. Got to go. Got to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I really didn't mean to slide onto the topic, but you mentioned uh, the rebuilding going on. And I remember one of the most phenomenal things in my mind is, is we saw a bridge that was completely destroyed to one of the islands right off the shore that was literally three days later, uh, a new bridge was up and going. Uh, people were able to get back and forth. Uh, that's not going to be the permanent bridge, but they were able to just get in there and t- get these things squared away. But uh, it also brings to mind the questions about the global warming crowd. Uh-huh. A, lot, a lot of these folks keep trying to say, well, clearly it's making these storms uh, more more intensified and they're doing more harm. Uh, despite the fact that there's literally zero evidence of any of that, which of course means that now I'm, because I'm looking at actual science and now uh, I'm trafficking in misinformation as far as they're concerned. Uh, it, it really comes down to the fact that nobody that talks about actual climate change or this pretend uh, highly exaggerated climate change of the left, uh, they very rarely talk about the true uh, value of what humanity manages to do within our role of being a steward of the planet. And that is, we're not very good at mitigation. We're not. If, if something bad's about to happen, we're not the greatest at stopping it. But what we are really good at is adaptation. We adapt very well after we see things. And that goes to what you're talking about with the rebuilding process in Florida, which is not a new phenomenon. Ron DeSantis did not create that phenomenon. Nobody here is suggesting that, not I nor Ron. But Ron is building on that same common sense approach and human nature. We do really well at adapting. We've been able to use the so-called fossil fuels to create air conditioning. And now, as a result, even if the planet is getting a little warmer, fewer people die as a result, even though most people that die because of weather-related stuff has to do with dying of the cold, not of the heat. But at the end of the day, they never talk about the positive, and they never talk about the very simple fact that if you are truly a steward of these resources of this planet, it means that you must be responsible, but it also means that you must use it. Otherwise, you're not a steward, you're just a guard, and uh, you're a guard of something that's going to kill you if you don't take steps to tame it, if you don't use common <laughs> sense. So, um, you know, if you wanted to throw out a thought on that before we change topics, I would love to get your input there, too. But uh, these people are insane. But, yeah, I, I think Ron is doing a, a great job down there, and it, he's he's a phenomenal governor. I, I wish he, he was in Tennessee. <laughs> he understands science. He understands reality. Uh, he understands faith at, at the same time. and uh, But he understands getting the darn job done. By the way, you mentioned something about weather and the, 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 a slight heating. Uh, most people, if you study science and patterns, um, sunspots and things of that nature, 
things are set in motion that within a couple of years, there's going to be a slight cooling on the earth. By the way, that has been happening since, um, I don't know, humans have been on the earth ever since the fall of man. And um, I guess after the, the big flood and you've had things going the way they are now, the climate has always been changing. That's why it climbs. It changes every season. If you're in a temperate zone, um, when these people went around saying, whoa, wait a minute, we've got to stop this because the climate keeps changing. And so I always ask these dummies, OK, let's let's try it your way. Which climate would you like it stuck on? Um, winter? Would you like a permanent winter? Would you like a permanent spring? Would you like a permanent summer or autumn? Which one do you want? <laughs> and, um, you know, of course, it's met with an ire or attempted wrath or whatever, because they don't have a logical comeback or whatever. They don't have the humility to say, you know something, maybe, you know, that's a pretty logical question. Hmm, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. So they get into the ad hominem attacks. But uh, I, I believe that, uh, you know, Florida is going to fully recover, not only because of the great governor and the leadership, but because if you look at the regulatory setup of, of Florida, it's it's the, the the atmosphere is perfect for a quick rebuild for those who want to stay down there and do it. But my concern is not that because of global warming, there are more hurricanes because actually there have been fewer. But because they do have the ability to seed them, it's a, the, the two organizations, they, they're called CERN and and HARP. And uh, it's very provable. And then the, the Navy or whatever, they've been seeding the, this, especially this, this last hurricane, and they made it slow down and this, that, and the other. I mean, it's, I'm telling you something that's in writing and uh, from uh, uh, decent sources, not Alex Jones or something like that. But um, even though some, a lot of the things he was saying over the years turns out to be true. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the point I always tried to make when we talk about Alex Jones, because some of the stuff he said has been so far out there, it's hard not to poke a little fun at. But at the end of the day, uh, a lot more of what he said has been uh, truthful uh, than uh, completely tinfoil hat territory. And again, that takes us back to those statements earlier about ye. <laughs> he may sound like a crazy man sometimes, but uh, he's not always being crazy. Um Looking at other people of color, uh, which I hate that phrase, but I like using it uh, to kind of poke fun at the left, uh, who happen to be moving towards conservatism. And uh, we kind of brought up his name earlier, uh, Herschel Walker. He's been all over uh, the national news this last little bit over this abortion uh, controversy they're claiming. Uh, I'm kind of... Uh, in this mixed position where I don't buy into this as being hypocritical. I think that if it happened, and that's still a big if at this point, despite the supposed receipts they have, I'm sorry, uh, if your receipt is you got a get well card that people that know Herschel claim that is his signature, uh, and it may very well be, I don't know about you, Ron, but I do get uh, cards that people ask me to come uh, and sign uh, for one reason or another, where maybe I don't even know who it is, but I know the person asking me. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll sign this for your cousin or what have you. Uh, but, you know, it really is a thing where 
there's not been an establishment of truth, but the mainstream legacy media is acting as if it is. Of course, we know their choice. They want Warnock, the uh, supposed pro-abortion preacher, which, again, that uh, certainly means he's preaching something that's not of our gospel. Um, but they want Warnock. They want somebody that's going to vote alongside the rest of the Democrats in Congress to, to say, hey, we want abortion on demand at any time. Herschel's claiming that that's not him, but even if that was him, it would have been at a point in the time when he was a young man, and he has grown since then. He clearly has a lot of issues. He's been upfront about a lot of it. He's trying to do better. It seems like he has been doing better, and the fact that they want to play on the family drama, all of this still equates to a questionable situation. Now, I still come back to the fact that in general terms, I kind of like Herschel Walker more for his celebrity than his political views. I was a fan of him as a college football player. Didn't follow him that much after he went pro. Um, still wasn't always happy with the results because, of course, I'm a UT fan here in Tennessee. And <laughs> more often than not, uh, he hurt us than helped us. But uh, Although we did get one off. That was kind of good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the the whole thing here, though, is just the way the entire media is attacking Herschel and treating that like he is somehow the example of what all Republicans are. Uh, is there a way to salvage the messaging in this? Is there any validity, you think, to the story that's being pushed by the media in this case? And uh, third question, should we have gotten a different candidate? Because that's another uh, criticism I hear a lot, that he just wasn't the best candidate available, and I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that either, because I was looking, before I answer your question, I was looking at um, a show, I think it was, uh, oh gosh, I forget who's who the host was, so it was on Fox, might have been Waters World, and there was a gentleman on there talking He's kind of a semi-chubby Republican guy uh, with a beard, and he's always been an anti-Trumper. And um, he was talking about um, Mr. Um, Walker, and he was saying, well, you know what? He's not the best candidate because he has no experience. He's never run for office before. And then he turns and pivots immediately to Pennsylvania and says that, well, you know, I th I really hope that uh, Dr. Oz wins because, uh, you know, uh, despite uh, his setbacks or whatever, he seems to be gaining on uh, this, that, and the other. Uh, no problem with his inexperience in the in the political realm. And this Republican so-called good guy could see nothing but, but, but wrong in appointing uh, Walker, and he barely even touched on the situation with the family of the son and, and, and the allegations. And so I think Walker is being judged more harshly than others who have had no experience. And number two, I've heard Walker speak on the issues. And he spoke favorably on every, every issue that I've ever heard him speak on. I've agreed with him. And I think because of his background. I think he wouldn't be like a Jim Jordan. I don't think he would be like a Ted Cruz. I don't think he would uh, uh, back down on certain issues. He wouldn't be a, a white and black guy on the issues like, uh, what's his name? The Rube, Rubio or Mitch McConnell or Lindsey Graham. He's hot and cold on certain issues and all of that. 
I, I think that Walker would be steady. I think he would be, if he's had his mind made up on something, he would look at it and agree with the principles and vote for it or against it. I think sometimes simple is bet, better as long as he's intelligent. He does have intelligence. And when you think about what that man went through, I mean, I, I know his entire background from a little boy. He went through hell. He was a fat little dumpy, dumpy little boy. He was abused, uh, beaten up because, you know, in certain communities, if you don't fit whatever, they beat the hell out of you. And they're more racist to get prejudice against you than the, than the white people they complain about all the time. And so he went through hell, man. He was mistreated in his family and I, 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 I'm, I'm very, very I, I salute him for doing as well as he's done and to, to have gotten to know people, people that know him like Trump and others who have known him for many years. They say he's a great guy yeah. and he's not stupid, even though he doesn't have a perfect diction and all of that. But he has he's in, he has an intelligent mind. And so, the, of course, the leftist pigs are going to try to snort about and make sure you Oh, we've got to kind of doubt that guy. And also the rhino types. Um, we got to kind of doubt him, doubt him because I, I, I just don't know if he's got what it takes. And I don't know. But yet, these same people aren't even that hard on Joe Biden. Right. After all the evidence with this guy, that guy, my gosh. Yeah, it, it is astounding. Uh, and, and I use that word a lot for some strange reason. Uh <laughs> It's the it one that keeps it, it keeps coming to mind. Uh, it, it is uh, now clearly uh, in his younger days, Herschel had a lot of issues, and then he had trouble dealing with the success because he wasn't prepared for it uh, emotionally. Again, because of all the stuff he went through when he was yet younger than that, he's got a spare share of issues. The thing I keep coming back to about that is. I'm not the person in a position that needs to forgive him for that. That He's got family. He needs to, to build those bridges and fix that. I don't know anybody, though, Ron, who doesn't have some kind of issue. Uh, there are stuff, uh, things uh, that I did when I was a younger guy that I'm not proud of. I don't go around uh, advertising it. I try not to, to even spend too much time thinking about it other than the fact that I have asked forgiveness and tried to move on. I'm trying to be a better man now. I think that's the situation he's in. Uh, I do believe in redemption, and I believe that Herschel Walker is worthy of, of being granted that uh, that second chance by the public, and hopefully at some point he can make things right with his family, although too much damage may have been done there. Uh, as you pointed out, though, I don't think that changes how he's going to vote. I don't think that changes how good of a representative of the people of Georgia he would be when it comes to that Senate race. And I do know for a fact that some pocket I could pull out of my lint would be a better choice for my friends and neighbors to the south here uh, than uh, Warnock. Uh, it doesn't take much to raise the bar based on what this guy is, who he is, what he wants, how he'll vote. And it wouldn't even matter if I was looking at conservative values. This guy is damn near demonic, if not flat out. No, he is flat out. Yeah. Oh, he he's flat out. The, the guy is, um, I think Martin Luther King, if he were to reappear on the scene and, and God brought him down just to observe or something, I think he, he would, I don't know if he'd slap him, but. He would have some unkind things to say about Warlock um, if he were to hear Warlock fully express himself. 
and the things that he supports. Um, the, the man is totally evil. But back to Walker real quick. The lady who made this accusation, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize this until this weekend, that she was a supporter of his campaign until suddenly very recently. I think maybe in reading that, I think maybe somebody got to her because there's been a lot of getting to people yeah. by the other side and people switching out of fear, um, uh, not wanting to be doxxed or whatever. And if she's if she's if, if she's a black female, that was probably very easy to do. Flip her just like a, a pancake. So, um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of details and it could be a, a lie. He, yeah. he has said vehemently, it's not true. It's not true. And and hopefully, see, the thing is, if it were true, I would have hoped that uh, he would have come out and said, yeah, that happened, as you reported, 2009 or whatever. And uh, at the time, I was a different guy than I am now on certain issues, even though I was a pro-pro-life. I was afraid for my own uh, situation and, and embarrassment or whatever, getting her pregnant, whatever. But we have to remind these 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 holier than thou Republicans and holier than thou Christians who want to hang him out to dry and say, well, he's not qualified because of this, that and the other. Thank God that King David didn't have to put up with that kind of judgment. <laughs> yeah. I, I could just see uh, even just Jesus uh, as he was walking, uh, bringing his ministry. Social media existed then. I could hear the uh, labels of uh, religious zealot uh, sowing the seeds of rebellion and <laughs> evolution. This guy's an insurrectionist. Uh, I, it's it's tragic, really. Um, well, with that being said, uh, is again, I also want to make the point, I, I think it does speak volumes that this didn't come about until the poll numbers in that race started getting really, really tight where, where Herschel Walker was uh, down by 10 by most of the polls up until mm -hmm. all of a sudden he went from being down 10 to uh, being down two or even being up four in certain polls. And then all of a sudden here that comes. Boom. I don't it, think that's like a, the, It's ahead. like the Herman King effect. Remember when Herman King was running? Yeah. He was doing well, and all of a sudden, bingo, bammo, here comes the story. But there was one curious thing that happened. I thought he made a mistake by dropping out. And I remember telling Mr. Kane, I said, I, 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 I don't think you should drop out. I, 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 I'm looking at you in, in the eye, and I think, I think, dude, you're a good, you're a good guy. And even if that were true, you didn't rape anybody. You had an affair. I mean, that, that stuff happens. I'm not saying you were right if it did happen. Yeah. And well, I, here's the thing. But then as soon as he dropped out, right? Yeah, it all went away. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think he did it. I, I don't think there's any amount. Because the, the one little secret that if you didn't dig into it and do the research, at the time this lady claims to have been having these secret rendezvous with uh, Herman, he was going through treatment for stage four cancer. The fact that he was alive to run when he did is no small miracle at all. He was very sick at that time. I have a hard time imagining somebody uh, 
cavorting in such a fashion when you're undergoing treatment for stage <laughs> four cancer, which is very aggressive by that point. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, real quick, as we're running out of time, uh, the other race, uh, you kind of mentioned uh, Amendment Oz just a second ago, that seems to be tightening uh, very closely. Uh, any quick thoughts on the, uh, the race there in Pennsylvania? Because, again, we've got somebody who's literally less mentally capable than barely there Beijing Biden for being uh, president that's uh, the rep that's the Democrat nominee. And then you got Mehmet Oz, who is still getting lukewarm receptions from the Republican Party. But uh, again, like I said, for uh, the Georgia race, I really think that uh, pocket lint is probably a better choice than uh, who the Democrats have put up. Uh, pocket lint is, is better than any Democrat, any of them, including Joe, including Joe Manchin, whom I have no respect for anymore. Used to have respect for Joe, Joe Manchin, but none anymore. He's a, he's a crumb. Um, but um, may I ask you a question again? I'm so sorry. Uh, just whatever thoughts you've got on that one, how things are looking. Oh, okay. Um, you know, when he first, when this thing first broke out, him running, this, that, and yada, 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 yada. I, please don't take this the wrong way, but I was not in, in favor at all of a Muslim running for office. We have Muslims in office here, like Tlaib in Michigan, and, I, you know, and I've read the Quran, and even the nice ones, I understand the long-term plans, and I was like, oh. But sometimes, I guess you have to be a little more strategic, or as George W. Bush used to say, you have to use strategery. And I think we just have to uh, bite the bullet on this one and support him, at least in this round, and get him in office. Because even a Muslim Republican who would want to do the right thing to appear good, at least in his first uh, go-round, he would be better than that sickly, portly uh, individual, the, de the Democrat. I won't say his name. Begins with an F, of course, so we know who he is. Right. Um, so, you know, even an Islamist is better than 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 a, than a Democrat. I just I, I just, it, 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 you know, I don't like either one of them that much, although I used to watch Dr. Oz. I liked his show because of the good, actually very good advice he used to give health wise. And um, that's a real hummer. And we should have been, had the ability to raise up others. But he's the best they, they could drum up, I guess, in Pennsylvania. And so we have to deal with the the best that we have. And that is um, the situation. I was really surprised that uh, Trump uh, came up and gave his support to Dr. Oz. Part of me wondered if it wasn't uh, a continuation of that uh, celebrity uh, politics that we seem to be moving into. Uh, he said some nice things about Trump, so that's enough. Uh, sometimes I wonder if that's it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he is the guy, uh, that guy whose name who starts with an F. Kind of funny because that's also the first letter of the word that I want to say every time I hear him speak. Uh, <laughs> we'll just say uh, it, it brings to mind some WTF moments. And <laughs> I'm that. But uh, when it comes to Fetterman, uh, he is... You know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm dancing on the guy's 
uh, medical condition because you know obviously you have a stroke it's a long road back he's obviously doing well and that's a good thing i i don't have hatred towards anybody but when it comes to his policies this man is about as marxist as you can get short of being born in the old soviet union this guy mm -hmm. makes bernie sanders look like he's uh almost a libertarian uh, it's it's mind-boggling, and a lot like Bernie, never really had a real job short of uh, once he finally got into politics and started holding an office. Only uh, one better than Bernie actually still got an allowance up until his 40s. Man, I wish I had gotten an allowance into my mid-tweens. <laughs> you too, huh? Yeah, I mean, good grief. Yeah. Uh, I, see, that's a, see, that's enough right there. If we had a decent country, um, we have a great country, but morally she's not decent anymore. That would be enough, in my opinion, to disqualify a guy who would uh, still be living off of allowance into his mid-40s. Because that lets me know, man, he's not very principled. You know, just just on that, forget all all the evil policies that he supports. I mean, this guy, he's very evil. Yeah, he's, he's very evil. He's even committed acts of vandalism after he was a mayor. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy is not the poster child that you would want if you still believed in what makes America great. Uh, Ron, we're going to have to leave things right there, as always. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, always a blast talking to you. Keep up your great work, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, any final thoughts you want to send out? feel free to take advantage. And if you want to throw out uh, the website again or anything else, go ahead and do that now too. Well, folks, just uh, simply go to theronnetworks.com and check out uh, the times for the show and where you can find the Edwards Notebook commentary and also the world's best coffee, Constitutional Grounds, theronnetworks.com. That's theronnetworks.com. And Tim, thanks so much. It's always an honor. God bless you and your family and uh, your mom and, and everyone. Um, you're, you're a great guy, and uh, thanks again. All right. Thank you as well, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, Mr. Ron Edwards. And again, check out the Ron Edwards uh, American Experience. You can catch him weekdays, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, go to the website to find out where you're missing a great show if you're not. And uh, go over to Rumble and follow this guy. I mean, I kind of like being in an exclusive crowd, but every now and then I'd like this crowd to be a little bit bigger. All right, Ron, we'll get together again real soon, sir. Thank you much. Thank you. My name's Joe Biden. Not a joke. Not a joke. And that wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. This is not hyperbole. And I'm not being facetious. And I mean it. Not a joke, for real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. But all kidding aside, for real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight joker. I sure don't want to hurt no one. I keep forgetting I'm president. People who profess to be followers of Christ or Christians used to understand what it means to love your enemies. But unfortunately today, many Christians have totally gotten it twisted up. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. 
Today, westernized, woke Christianity is being foisted upon millions of unsuspecting sovereign individuals conned into foolishly believing that love your enemy means have no enemies. Because of such utter tomfoolery, vast numbers of professing Christians or believers in Jesus Christ have become morally neutered and hopelessly apathetic towards, and now in many cases, tolerant of unbridled, wicked activities now fully engaged and engranged into every aspect of our beleaguered republic turned of mobocracy. As a result, most Christians are now wimpus Americanus apologeticus and stuck in the ridiculous realms of fear and inaction. The so-called believers in Christ or Christians are go-along to get-along simpletons who no longer know right from wrong or are just cowardly to even train up their children in the way that they should go. Mm. I'm Ron Edwards. Find out where to tune into the Ron Edwards American Experience talk show. Go to theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impacted by, by issues that are not of their own making. And I'm so women. we... Absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. Want to eighteen? Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. I'm in love with you. Protein bar that's tasty and it's healthy too. Nah. Did he just say healthy? Because wow, who knew? I knew my favorite tastes like cherry. Chocolate fun. My favorite tastes like brownies in a chocolate fun. Do, 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 do. No, you make 
to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break where I tried to sell you some built bars. Uh, be sure to follow the link in today's show description if you are listening on one of the platforms carrying the podcast. Uh, if not, come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T A P P into the truth.com. When you land on that homepage, scroll down past recent guests, and when you start seeing the banners and buttons that you can click on, uh, look for Built Bar and head on over there. And while you're there, make sure you do more than just look at all the great tasting uh, candy bars that they keep saying are protein bars and good for you. They taste too good for that. I still don't think I believe them. Uh, be sure to also check out Built Boost. With uh, cold and flu season in full effect right now and heading headlong as autumn continues, some of the worst cases and occasions for catching the flu. It'd be really good if you uh, boosted your body's defense against illness. Uh, don't just take your vitamins enjoy them. Uh, just one more thing that Boost does as a brand to help make sure that you are a little bit healthier. Uh, check it out. Follow the links and by following the links I provided, not only will you visit them and hopefully uh, find some really great stuff that you will not only order this one time, but will continue to order. As long as you're using that link, they know I sent you and uh, it'll help support the show. And right now, uh, tell me Anybody who can't use a little help at trying to get around. All right, uh, let's get uh, to the final topic of the day. Uh, and this one kind of comes, it's, it's a shame. That's a phrasing I've been using a lot lately, but it's a shame that this even has to happen. Uh, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, uh, today, Sunday, at time of the live broadcast, had to defend the parents' rights policy that he's instituted in the state. He had to defend it. Parents' rights, he has to defend. He was appearing on CNN State of the Union, and Youngkin stood by the new regulations that are affecting transgender students, which emphasize parents' rights in making decisions about their child's gender identity. Youngkin stressed that parents have authority over their child's upbringing and said that the policy empowers them, the parents, saying, quote, parents have a fundamental right to be engaged in their children's lives. And, oh, by the way, children have a right to have parents engaged in their life. And we need to fix a wrong. 
Children don't belong to the state. They belong to families. And so, in these most important decisions, step one has to be to engage parents, not to the exclusion of a trusted teacher or an advisor, but to make sure that parents are involved in their children's lives. Now, I have not heard a politician say such an undisputed truth while currently holding office in an extremely long time. It's dangerous in the current country we're living in to say that children belong to families. Oh, children don't belong to the state. What? How many leftists are losing their minds at hearing that? I mean, I can I can see right now Gavin Newsom just approved another $20 million in, for ads to run all across the country trying to deny this as being a truthful statement. Oh, no, it takes a village, and these kids belong to everyone. They are the future. So, so no, the parents alone, they don't get to make those decisions. Really, Gavin? Really? Everybody else on the left? I mean, I'm sorry I'm not buying into the Hillary Clinton version of It Takes a Village. That's not what It Takes a Village actually means anyway. Now, the left has tried to adopt it to say, well, It Takes a Village means that we're all in charge of the children. No. What It Takes a Village actually means is that everyone in a community has to engage in similar moral values. Now, they may not necessarily be moral as uh, in constraint to what your religious view is, but moral nonetheless. You've got to have a code of conduct, and a village has to hold all of its members accountable to that code. And if you don't agree with the community that you're in, then you go join a different one. You go find a place where you can agree with that community. It takes a village. It's about shared values and a shared effort to move forward together, not about forcing people to simply agree to what the folks in charge of the village say is the law. That's not it. It's certainly not in the American vision. But Yunkin, he also said that this particular policy would make accommodations for students if the parents decided that identifying them by their trans identity is best for their child. Meaning, guess what? The parents still get to have the input. They're at no point in this policy are you seeing an insistence that, oh no, this child uh, who is clearly a biological male identifies as female, but we're never ever going to go along with that uh, fallacy. No, it just says that if the parents say so, then okay, we can make accommodations. That still doesn't automatically mean that every school system is just going to go along with it either. And therein lies the truth of the issue. When it comes to schools, when it comes to education, the closer to the community, the better. No edicts from on high from the federal government. In fact, very few should be established from on high from the state governments. Every community should be deciding what their standards are. And while we're on the topic, perhaps some 
actual discussions need to be taking place in some states in regard to how much tax dollars they're sending into the federal government and how little investment back they're getting or how that investment's being spent, how much of that money's being wasted. If a state like Virginia can do a better job with those tax dollars that they've been sending to the federal government and they're not getting the same amount back uh, without crazy strings attached, then maybe it's time that uh, the federal government has to make do with a little less because they don't have a taxation uh, issue as it is. There's not a problem with taxing folks. They have a spending problem, and something's got to get their attention. And putting ridiculous strings attached to these dollars, of which you're not even getting as many dollars back as you're sending in, that is insane. Not a part of the compact that we all signed when we agreed to become a constitutionally federated republic. At any rate, uh, a little more from Governor Yunkin. Quoting again, if parents actually want their child to be able to change a pronoun or their name or use a bathroom, if parents choose that, then legally, that's what the schools will do. However, Yunkin did stress that the policy would keep biological males out of girls' sports. So it's like, we'll play the game to in a certain extent, we'll make certain accommodations, but there are some things that are clearly just not right. And we're not going to cross those lines. Uh, back to quoting. I do believe that it's unfair for girls to have to... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I am quoting. I do believe that it's unfair for girls to have biological boys play sports with biological girls. There are sports with segregated, with segregated sexes for these sports. And those... Those sports should be honored that way. Again, there's a common sense approach here to this, and I do think we have to respect girls as well here. And, uh, you know, again, dropping truth bombs, I'm digging it. We need more of that. Yunkin, of course, had introduced the new policy back in September after the Virginia legislature passed a law in 2020 mandating that public schools adopt policies consistent with a document created by former Democratic Governor Ralph Northam's administration called Model Policies for the Treatment of Transgender Students in Public Elementary and Secondary Schools. Uh, try saying that ten times fast. Youngkin's administration overhauled the policy guidelines in the document, putting far more emphasis on parents' rights and involvement, especially as it relates to their child's gender identity. And yet, folks on the left are losing their minds. They can't believe that somebody is so bigoted, so short-sighted as to deny the existence of trans children. Except that's not what Yunkin's doing here. In fact, as he said in his statement, this is all common sense. Not that that's something that's actually all that common these days. This is something that is making the accommodation. It's simply putting the right amount of power and authority back into the hands of the parents. See, I'm old enough to remember when every teacher in the country, when every school administrator in the country wanted parental participation in the education efforts. They wanted more parental involvement, not less. 
it wasn't that long ago. But now, now they want parents as far away from the process as possible. They prefer that parents not even have an idea of what's going on in the classroom. That's why they hated that these folks actually paid attention to what was going on in the Zoom meeting classrooms when everybody was on COVID lockdown. Now, a lot of these teachers still want to be on COVID lockdown, but they wanted, and sadly, happened here in Tennessee. You had school systems that literally wanted parents to sign paperwork to say, to acknowledge, to promise that they would not be watching the class sessions along with their students. They didn't want them to know the ridiculous level of anti-American nonsense that most of these systems are teaching these children to try to make them to believe that, oh, if you're white, you're an oppressor. If you're not white, you are an oppressed victim, and there's nothing you can do about it. Both concepts very un-American. Both concepts not very empowering. And I'm sorry, I thought that the left keeps claiming that they're trying to promote policies that are, in fact, empowering, especially to minorities. How, empower how empowering is it to hear that you're a victim and you can't make it unless we burn down the whole system and then build back some socialist utopia in its place? Is that very empowering? Because an actual honest-to-goodness student of history takes about two seconds to find out that socialism is not the way to go, especially, especially if you're a minority. It's not the way to go if you like freedom of any kind. If you plan on engaging in activities that lead to liberty, not the way to go. But if you're a minority in particular, forget about it. You're done, son. It's over. So the very fact that Governor Yunkin has to go on mainstream legacy media to defend this policy, which is a good, common-sense policy, and is way more forgiving than a policy that I would put in place, well, that tells you, again, how far we've fallen. It's a nation. That's got to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for being here and especially for listening all the way to the end. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And before I go, one last message for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Amin, and Pol Pot. They told us things that you never forgot. You teach lessons to your daughters and sons. To fear the government that fears your guns. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family using both hands evil is powerless if the good are unafraid